Hey dreamers, this is your host Barry Miracle. Welcome to Wake Up Into Your Dream. It's time to wake up out of the nightmares of normality and wake up into God's divinely designed dream for your life. Jump on this podcast today and let's discover God's awesomeness waiting for you. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Wake Up Into Your Dream. I am Barry Miracle, and we are still on the series called The Ascended Life. We are now on part eight. I did not get finished um, part eight, which I called Accessibility Granted last week. Uh, So today I'm going to try to finish up. I don't know how much I will be able to. I'm calling this Accessibility Granted Part B. I don't know how far I get. I might have to do a Part C because I'm going to go a little deeper into one section, uh, what we started at the end of the last podcast. So once again, we are uh, on the seven places where Jesus shed his blood for our perfect redemption creating the accessibility into all the resources of heaven and the ability to live that ascended and abundant life. So um, I, I got to number four last week, and I don't know if you had opportunity to listen to this or, the, or if this is your first time. I would suggest you go back to the other one first. It'll give you a foundation of what we were talking about. So <clears throat> I want to read the scripture that we're using uh, throughout this series on the ascended life and is found in Romans chapter 6, verse 4 through 6. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection." knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. When we died with Christ, we died to the recompense of the law of sin and death. When we were resurrected, we were resurrected to a new life. It says, even so, we should walk in the newness of life. We are the products of a new creation. You you are not just a reconstituted uh, uh, creation. You are a brand new creation and species of being that never has been and only has been for 2,000 years because Jesus was the second Adam who was the last Adam and who became the firstborn of the many brethren. And he is the one that our lineage is attached to. We're not attached to the first Adam. This is what makes us out from underneath the curse of the law. So when Jesus died, we died with him on the cross. When he was buried, we were buried with him. When he, has, when he resurrected from the dead, we resurrected with him. When he ascended, we ascended. When This all takes place when you believe what Jesus has done for you. And you get to step into all of that in one moment. You get transferred, according to Colossians chapter 1, through thir- uh, chapter one, verse 13, you are transferred from the kingdom of darkness and translated into the kingdom of, of the love of his son. We, in one moment of believing, belief, one moment you're transferred. And that's the beauty of what Jesus did. We could tap into it by faith. 
Abraham, it was accounted unto Abraham uh, uh, righteousness, uh, his, oh, even his faith. These signs shall follow them that believe. The promises of God are yes and amen to them that believe. There's something that happens when you believe God. Something supernaturally begins to take place when you believe God. The, the problem wasn't with Adam and Eve that they that they disobeyed God. That did not, the disobedience didn't separate. It was the unbelief. Jesus was amazed at the unbelief that there was in Jerusalem. He could do very few miracles, signs or wonders because of the unbelief. Unbelief is the great sin. And we have been redeemed because we are believers. I am an anointed believer. Come on, somebody say out out there in, in podcast land, say, I am an anointed believer. Come on now, you could say it. So this is what we're talking about. So how do we live the ascended life and how do we have accessibility to it? Well, I want to tell you, there there are seven places that Jesus bled so that you could have eternal life and you could have victory, an equity of victory in every area and aspect of your life. You can, you can have victory mentally, physically, emotionally, socially, financially, and spiritually. You can have the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow. So there's an equity of victory in all areas when God blesses. And I want to tell you, God blessed us this day when, when he bled and died for us. So here we are. I'm going to just do a recap. Uh, the first place that that Jesus bled was in the garden. What was lost in the garden of unbelief was purchased back in a garden of obedience and belief. The second place that uh, Jesus uh, bled for us was in the mouth. This is um, in Isaiah where they where it prophesied about them tearing out the beard. Uh, of the Messiah and 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 punching him in the face and and I get into scriptures of that in the last um, podcast. So anywhere that you you have uh, death speech, anywhere you've cursed, anywhere you've said something uh, accusatory, any judgments you've made with your mouth, all these things God paid for a price that you could have the grace the accessibility of Holy Spirit to come into your life and give you a grace to repent for these things. It was all uh, all done for us. So uh, the third place that Jesus uh, bled for us is in uh, 1 Peter 2.24, where it says, By his stripes we were healed. Jesus bore the stripes and the wounds to redeem our bodies from the ravages of sickness and disease. The fourth place is the crown of thorns. Um, my, the, primary, the primary job of a demon is to pierce your mind and try to create strongholds. Jesus wore the crown of thorns to pay for the deliverance and the protection of your soul. So I'm going to go a little deeper into that topic. But just quickly, uh, the fifth place is where Jesus bled uh, for payment is when his hands were nailed to the cross. And then six, where his feet were nailed to the cross. And seven, when he was dead, that the, the soldier pierced into his side and blood and water came out. There are seven places distinctively and prophetically that God um, showed us the places of redemption. 
So every time, you know, you hit somebody or anytime you stole something, there was the blood was shed for that. Anytime you walk somewhere, anytime you walked in into like even a strip bar and you shouldn't have been there, obviously you shouldn't have been there in the first place. But now uh, anytime you walked into somewhere or sometimes you walked out of a, a place where you had an affair or something like that, all these things can be now uh, repented for. Jesus paid for the all accessibility of the Holy Spirit to come into our lives. He, he paid. He, the, the, the last Adam, Jesus Christ, paid so that we would not have to pay. He gave it all. He paid the price. And now our job is to believe it. This is our job. Abraham, God, when God made the covenant with Abraham, God put Abraham to sleep. I don't know, you probably may have heard me talk about this, but when when Abraham and God made a, a covenant here on the earth, he came down and, and they were to walk through the bloody trough, the animals that were that were sacrificed and they were laid, uh, you know, a, a trough was made of them and it was all bloody. And, and, and typically when you walk through um, and make covenant with somebody, you walk together. And you, you stand on the other side of the trough of you, as you walk through it and your gowns are bloody and you say, may worse come to us if we do not keep the covenant in which we've made today. Well, this is what happened. They, they cut the animals in half. They made the trough. The blood was, was shed. And God put Abraham to sleep on the other and brought him to the other side. And God himself only walked through the trough. And he says, I will swear to my own that I will keep this covenant. Your job, Abraham, sorry, Abraham, your job is to believe this covenant. This is our job. We've been grafted into the Abrahamic covenant. Our job is to believe God, believe what he has done, and it will be appropriated to us as righteousness. Amen. So God was so prophetically brilliant in showing us places where he actually shed his blood, giving us faith to believe that he paid to grant us accessibility. So I think my job today is to go a little bit deeper into the fourth place where Jesus bled. The, the fourth place where he bled was found in Matthew chapter 27, uh, 27 through 31. And I'm going to, for the sake of um, time, I'm going to skip right down to verse 29 of chapter 27 of the book of Matthew, where it states, when they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head. So the fact of the matter is they, they, they had just got done giving him 39 stripes. And they, they took a beautiful purple robe of royalty and they put it on him. Why did they not just take a nice crown and put it on? They were mocking him, yes, but why didn't they put rags on him? But they just blooded up a beautiful robe. Why, why did they not just take a, 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 a crown and mocked him and say, oh, hail the king of the Jews. And, but no, they wove together. The enemy's always trying to weave together a story, a lie, a, a, a some sort of a um, storyline that according to hereditary curses and frailties of the flesh and, uh, and, and, um, hereditary curses and all these different things and, and failures of, 
of, of your of, and traumas and different things. And he's trying to take those and, and weave them together and then trying to pierce your mind. Well, I want to tell you the good news today is that Jesus bore the crown of thorns. The enemy has woven and tried to pierce your mind. There, there, there is no stronghold that is available to stay in your mind. Why? Because Jesus paid the price. Yes, you got to cast down those vain imaginations, but because Jesus paid the price, you can do it. Amen and amen and amen. Jesus paid the price for your mind. Jesus paid the the price for your thoughts. Jesus paid the price for every thought coming from the enemy. Jesus paid the price so that you could have the mind of Christ. Amen. I'm not going to go too um, much further into that. Go back and listen to last week's, like I said. But I want to say this to you today, that whoever runs... The, the soul of man on the earth will run the show on the earth. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. You are made up out of three parts. You, you are a spirit, you live in a body, and you possess a soul. Your soul has a mind, a will, and an emotion. Your soul has three parts as you are a three-part being. So you are a spirit, you live in a body, you possess a soul. What does your soul consist of? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Okay? So once again, whoever runs the soul of man on the earth runs the show on the earth. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So this is what happens is the enemy and God are both after your mind. Whoever runs the mind runs the soul, and whoever runs the soul runs the body. Even though your spirit, even though you are a spirit, and even though you're, the kingdom of God is within you, and the, the creator of the universe has taken up residence in you, even though you're one with the spirit of the living God, there's still something about your soul being regenerated. It's called the process of sanctification, and it comes by the washing of the water of the word of God. Prosperity of life comes, health comes, victory comes, is when your soul begins to prosper. And how does your soul prosper? By the washing of the water of the word of God. Why? Because Jesus paid for the accessibility. Now you can think properly. You have the grace, but I don't, I I have these thoughts and all this. You need to retrain your mind. Jesus paid the price. You can walk away from everything any addiction. You can walk away from any trauma. You can walk away from these things because Jesus paid the price. You just need to believe. So how do we prosper our souls? By making our souls just like our regenerated spirit. We do that by dwelling on whatsoever is good, pure, holy, anything excellent or praiseworthy. These are the things that we dwell upon. Ladies and gentlemen, the more you be the, the the thing that you behold the most is what you eventually will become. You have to train your thoughts. Matter, matter of fact, uh, Proverbs chapter four verse twenty three says, "We need to be careful how we think because our lives are shaped by our thoughts." Your life is shaped by your thoughts. That's the Good News translation. 
The enemy and God are both trying to influence society through ideologies that come through thoughts. Everything begins with a thought. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is what Jesus paid for when he received the crown of thorns. Thoughts are so powerful, ladies and gentlemen, that long after men are dead, their ideas are still running societies. Much of the world, and but especially the Western society, is still being influenced by all the Greek philosophers like Aristotle, Socrates, Plato. Um, North America is certainly, and especially America, is being directed by um, Sherman, Franklin, Jefferson, Adams, and Livingston. And if you know a little bit of American history, you know that they are the major main architects of the Constitution of the United States of America. And we cannot forget and mention uh, all those men that have that have form, formed our lives, uh, you know, the Old Testament saints of Moses, Isaiah, David, and even Paul in the New Testament and Jesus Christ, of course, all these men's ideologies in their writings and that they've pierced the minds, thoughts. And I'm piercing your mind with thoughts. When you listen to podcasts, your, your mind is being infiltrated by thoughts, by words. Everything was made by words. Everything it was held together by the power of a spoken word. Everything was created and is held together by the power of a spoken word. So after decades and centuries and even millennia, these men and these ideologies are running the show. These men brought forth thoughts. Ladies and gentlemen, whoever runs the, the soul of man, whoever rules it, that is the one that rules the earth. And this is why we must have the washing of the water of the word of God constantly going on in our minds. And then, so you're into brainwashing. Well, actually I am. I want to wash your brains because it, it, you know, Eastern mysticism is that you get rid of, you get rid of all of your thoughts and you have a blank slate. No, Christian um, meditation is you do a great exchange. You begin to displace uh, negative thoughts with positive thoughts. The Bible says, be excellent or be wise at what is good and be innocent at what is evil. And then the ne very next scripture says this, the, the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. So, um, I want, I want to take us a little bit deeper into this topic and I want to, I want to, call this this part of the of what we're talking about today is the metamorphosis of a thought the metamorphosis of a thought so colossians chapter 2 verse verse 8 says this beware lest anyone cheat you plunder or take you captive uh, through philosophy and empty deceit according to the traditions of men and according to the basic principles of the world and not according to christ we must have God thoughts if we want to put on the mind of Christ. See, you have the, the anointed one and the, uh, and the anointing on the inside of you right now. The, the key is you getting the anointing from on the inside of you to begin to penetrate into your mind and, uh, and, and, 
and supersaturate into your body, and then your whole spirit, soul, and body is being preserved until that perfect day. Amen? So we must have God thoughts and so that we will be able to put on the mind of Christ. We cannot just receive or believe any old thought coming down the information highway. If we are going to achieve God's dream for our lives, we must be intentional about what we're focusing on, what we are dwelling upon. Amen. So the truth is that thoughts are powerful. And because of that, we need to be careful how we use them. I would like to take just a few moments and go through the process of a thought. I don't know if, if, if anybody's taught. I, I haven't really heard anybody else speak on this, to be honest. So you probably have not heard, uh, heard it go into such detail as this. So um, how, do we, how do some words become revolutionary and cause men and women to lay down their lives because of them, while other words are inconsequential. Hopefully the following will help. I think you want your words to be powerful. I think you want your words to be of, of a spirit of life. So anyway, the, the thought prof process is as follows. Conceive, perceive, proceed, believe, receive, and achieve. So the process goes, you conceive a thought, you, you perceive it, it proceeds, you believe, you receive, and then you'll achieve. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was, was God. Nothing was made except it was made by a Word. The Bible says that not only, that's in 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. But the Bible also says that God created and holds together everything by the power of his words. So the first one is conceived. The, the conception sta stage begins with a word, then words. This is where you are being influenced passively or, or intentionally by words from an outside source within the environments you find yourself within. So the conception stage is you are receiving a thought or word or a word or words from an outside source within your spheres of influence or your environment that you find yourself in. Even the word Jesus himself, the word Jesus was the word huh, that became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory of that of the only begotten of the Father. When he came into this world, when the word came and became flesh, he came into this world and he was conceived by an outside source. And you can read about it in Luke chapter uh, 1 through 20, 20, verse 28 through 38. And I'm just going to skip down and you can go back on for the sake of time because I'm at 22 minutes and, and I have so much to share. My Lord, have <laughs> mercy. Um, I'm going to skip down to verse 31. And the Bible says, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. It, 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 she goes on down in verse 38. Uh, then Mary said, behold, the servant of the Lord, let it be done according to your word. So what happened is that uh, the Holy Spirit hovered over Mary and the father spoke Jesus in into Mary and she became impregnated she conceived the the stage of conception happened 
And see, this is what is happening in your lives all the time. The word comes from an outside source, just like the the father spoke the word right into Mary's womb. Your mind is your womb and, and the words are, are being impregnated into your mind. You are being, you're in the conception stage when you're receiving words and then all of a sudden you're impregnated with that thought. So here's the stage that Mary went through um, from, an out, from the outside source Beyond the created realm, God created and spoke forth a womb into, into Mary who conceived by the word by believing. She says, be it unto me according to your word. She believed it. She received it. And about, about nine months later, she would achieve the purposes of God and give birth to the Son of God. So uh, the Bible says in John chapter 6, 6, uh, John chapter 6, verse 63, the word that Jesus spoke while he was here were words of spirit and life. Words themselves hold uh, hold spirit and life or spirit and death. Words are capsules that contain life and or death. So outside sources can be words from a multiplicity of sources like your parents, teachers, the Bible, TV, books, the enemy, friends, mentors, God, etc., etc., etc. These words can either be positive or negative, life or death. Um, the battleground is the mind. See, if, if whoever runs the mind uh, steers the will and uses the emotions, by the washing of the water of the word of God, when your mind is be, it begins to be um, recalibrated with the word of God and washed with the word of God, and you begin to write and, and create, and the word of God begins to make the crooked places straight. When this happens in your life, your soul begins to be fortified, and your will, and, uh, sorry, then your emotions begin to be trained. The enemy, like I said earlier, is after your mind, but God is also after your mind because whoever runs the soul of man on the earth runs the show on the earth. Um, God is trying to get words to you about who you are and where you're going and putting out directional thoughts of how to tap into his divinely designed dream for your life. Whereas the enemy is always sending words to get you to pay attention to everything you're going through. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to stop listening to the enemy and stop looking at the circumstantial evidence that you're going through and begin to refocus your gaze on who you're going to and fill your mind and dwell upon the word of God and rehearse the promises and stop rehearsing the curse. And if, because like I've said before, if you rehearse the curse, you might as well back up the hearse because it's, it's going to be over. If you play into the hands of the enemy and and you keep believing what the enemy is saying about you and about your past and that you're not going to do it, 
uh, you begin to go down that path. So anyway, I've, I've got to move on here. So we move from the conception stage into the, the stage of perception or we perceive. We conceive and then we perceive. Your perceptions are your reality. You, need, you have to have the proper perspective on the word of God. You have to conceive the proper thing so that you can essentially perceive properly because your perceptions are your reality. Your perceptions are everything. To the degree which you will fulfill your dream will be the degree that you allow your perceptions, perceptions to expand. What you conceive, you will perceive. Perceive um, is, is when you begin to buy into the words that you have been dwelling upon. The boundaries of your perceptions are limiting your awareness. As you begin to perceive the words coming uh, to us from, as we, as you, as us, begin to perceive the words coming to us from the outside sources, we begin to formulate ideologies uh, and we begin to take them in. They became, begin to become part of us. Instead of external words coming to us at this point, the, the perception stage, the perceiving stage, is we begin to use the words that have taken root in our lives, the ones that we've conceived. What we have conceived, we will then perceive, perceive, which causes our words, thought patterns, and adopted ideologies, ideologies to proceed out of us. Out of the abundance of the heart, this is what the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. King David said, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer, and I write your commandments on the tablets of my heart. Your speech begins to fortify the concepts that you adopted as your own. First, they come as an initial thought. And if you begin to believe, if you begin to perceive them and you begin to dwell on them, what you speak today, ladies and gentlemen, you will begin to believe tomorrow. With the heart of man believes unto salvation and with the tongue, he receives it. You will eat the fruit of your mouth. Your deliverance or your destruction is in the power of your tongue. I, I've often said this, that your deliverance is in your declaration or, or your destruction is in your declaration. We don't really put the weight of what we need to into the words. And we just are flipping a lot of times and we say things and we agree with the enemy. And, uh, you know, stuff like, you know, my dad had a tardy heart attack uh, at 45. I guess uh, it's part of my genes and that's what I, no, don't go there. You need to pray. You need to decree and declare the promises of God that says that first Peter two twenty four says by his stripes, we were healed. So I'm working with what Jesus did 2000 years ago to walk in health all the days of my life. That's my, what my confessions are. Okay. The Bible says that a man that can tame his tongue is greater than a man that who can take a city. The reason why your declarations are so important or why they are so wonderfully amazing or terribly, terribly devastatingly is because what you continually dwell on is what you will often speak. What you speak, you will sooner or later believe. Then you come to the belief. So 
conceive, perceive, proceed, believe now. The believing stage is where you make transactions. The commerce of heaven is done in faith and belief. Your believing is what makes the ethereal manifest. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. Your believing draws the super into the natural. Once again, good or bad. An example of believing is when Jesus shows up at, at a tomb four days beyond hope. It was Lazarus' tomb. As the story goes, Martha and, and Lazarus, the sister... Uh, Sorry, Martha, Lazarus' sister, meets Jesus and begins to tell him that if he would have been there earlier, that her brother would still be alive. Jesus proceeds to tell Martha, did I not tell you that if you would only believe, you would see my glory? Perhaps it could have been stated like this, Martha if you would have only believed, there would have been a transaction take place and you would receive the fruit of believing in the words that were conceived in your heart. I remember growing up and uh, we used to bring R.W. Schambach. I don't know if you remember him or not, but he was the he was called the Prince of Preachers. And my my God, that that man could preach. And one of the things that stood out to me that he would always say, he says, "You don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. You don't have any problems. All you need to do is believe. Have faith in God. Believe what He said. This causes the." transaction to take place and you will receive what you were believing for. So many places in the Bible it says your faith has healed you. Once again, it is your faith or your believing that causes the transaction and draws the supernatural into this realm. So the believing stage of the thought process is where the law of attraction takes place. Now, do not confuse this with the book called The Secret because they stole from the word of God. You know, help them, Lord God, save them, deliver them. But they totally robbed from the kingdom principles. The law of attraction is a kingdom dynamic. It's not just a gimmick or the latest self-help program. This, this world and everything in it was made up out of words. This realm responds to what it is made up out of. So the things that you are speaking that you have faith in is what you are attracting into your life. You are speaking life you will, when you are speaking life, you will have a greater chance of attracting life and the benefits thereof. If you're speaking words of death and depression, you will begin to create an environment that will attract the atmosphere of death. Okay, let me give you an example. You, you have, can you ever remember going into somebody's home and they've been totally negative, that, that really, really negative aunt? 
or uncle, whatever you want to say, but I, I don't want to. <laughs> anyway, you've walked into these environments and, and, and they're always negative. They're always speaking, you know, the glass is half empty, everything. Is, you, you just feel the weight in that room. But then you go to another place like your grandpa or, or a great uncle or somebody. And they're always speaking life and they're always joking. And they're always, they're always, you know, sharing, you know, great stories with you. And you, and you just feel you never want to leave. And you're always looking forward to going back to them. You feel the power of words in effect. What this world is made up out of words and this realm responds to what it is made up out of. So then we come to the, uh, the, re the receiving part of the process of a thought. Through faith and patience, you receive the promises of God. Through your believing, through faith and patience, you, you receive the promises of God. Through intentional believing, you will receive. Through intentional believing, you will, will receive. To receive the dream of God, it is really helpful to place ourselves in the right environment with the right people hearing the right words. Did you hear that? to receive the manifestation of the dream and live the ascended life and have the accessibility. We need to understand the price has been paid. Now we can get to a place where we can be in the right environment with the right people hearing the right words. To receive the dream of God, to achieve the purposes of, of the dream of God that we must focus and be focused and be purposeful in our conceptions and to only allow ourselves to conceive external words from God or godly sources. This will keep us on track and perceive the right things. Once again, our perceptions become our reality. So let me just reiterate this again. The thought process. The words that we dwell upon from, an outside, from outside sources is what we will soon conceive. When we begin to perceive the concept, we will begin to speak the words that proceed out of our perceptions and into this realm. These are the words that we'll, we will soon believe and what we believe we will eventually receive. The purpose is to carry a thought through the whole process so that when the thought produces we will receive the fruit of it. We will then be able to take these thoughts that became things, thoughts that became things, and these words that have become weapons and use them to achieve the dream of God. Amen. I've gone a little bit over. I'm not going to be able to get to five, six, or seven. I'm going to have to do that next week. But thank you for giving me grace and going over a few minutes. But this is something that is so important. And understand that Jesus bled in these areas to give us faith and prophetically showing what he did for us. You, you can have faith. You're, Father God, Jesus receive the piercing of his mind and his thoughts so that I can receive your thoughts. And I do not have to receive the thoughts of the enemy. I can cast down those vain imaginations and every thought that's trying to exalt itself against the knowledge of Christ in my life. I do not receive them, but I do receive the, your word, Lord God. Hallelujah. 
So as you do this and you begin to frame your mind with the word of God, you'll begin to create a template that will recognize when the enemy is trying to come in. The authentic will expose that which is a lie. Anyway, look forward to finishing this off next week, ladies and gentlemen. Until now, uh, until next week, this is Barry Miracle signing off. Oh, once again, (laughs) P.S. Go to my website, barrymiracle.ca, and you can you know, write so a question that you might have or write me an email about a topic you'd like me to cover. But I just bless you guys and thank you for opportunity to minister to you every week. And we have over 85,000 downloads. That doesn't include um, different uh, people that are just listening without downloading. Uh, so I think I thank you guys for your support and appreciate your prayers And if you want to sow a seed, you can do that at the website as well at barrymiracle.ca. Love you guys. Until next week. Bye for now. Thanks again for joining us today on Wake Up Into Your Dream. My great friend Tony Fitzgerald would say you have two great days in your life. The day you were born and the day you discovered why. In these podcasts, I'm hoping this is true. That you are having aha moments and great moments of getting introduced to the true you because your whole world is waiting for the authentic you to show up. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please go to www.barrymiracle.ca. You can check out my book, Wake Up Into Your Dream. You can connect. You can see where we're going to be live in the future. And uh, you can just connect with us there. But this is Barry Miracle, your dream coach, signing off for now. We'll talk to you next week.